Episode 277 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm Managing Editor Kirk Simonoff, sitting in for Bill. Imagine by the end of the decade, a downtown Wichita with not one, but two medical schools, one of which is a large partnership between the University of Kansas School of Medicine, its School of Pharmacy, Wichita State University's College of Health Professions, and WSU Tech. We are seeing steps toward that happening. And in this week's podcast, we have leaders from the KU Medical Center joining me to talk about the collaboration and what it could mean for medicine in Kansas. Gerald Menz, Dean of the KU School of Medicine in Wichita, and Robert Samari, Executive Vice, Vice Chancellor of KU Med, are my guests. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. This week's cover story spotlights the 2022 Women in Business honorees. The WBJ honored 30 exceptional women professionals at a Thursday luncheon, and you can read all about them, plus three Hall of Famers who have had exemplary careers in Friday's print edition. Women in Business begins on page 13. This week's list, Home Builders. See who did the most work in the past year and read about what home builders are saying about the amount of work they're seeing this year. The list is on page eight. Our Young Professionals series spotlights outstanding emerging professionals in healthcare. Meet those doctors, nurses, and other medical professionals beginning on page 43. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 52. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. It's great to have the Dean of the KU School of Medicine in Wichita, Dr. Gerald Menz with us, as well as the KU Med's Executive Vice Chancellor, Dr. Robert Samari, to talk about the plans for a $302 million biomedical campus in downtown Wichita that will be a partnership between KU, Wichita State's College of Health Professions, and WSU Tech. Thank you both for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having us. We should say from the start that if people haven't dug into the details of this, a, a KU-Wichita State collaboration downtown is, is certainly still a ways off. What did Regents' approval last week do for you as far as the next step? Rob, you want to start? Yeah, so um, the, the Regents uh, provided an opportunity to share the preliminary program that was supported by the Kansas Health Foundation Wichita State and the University of Kansas uh, that was completed in, uh, in July of this year. So it provided an opportunity to share uh, both of the vision uh, and the financial needs that will be necessary to uh, meet that vision, uh, to get the support from the regents uh, to uh, put that forward, uh, hopefully toward to the governor as part, uh, in hopes that it would uh, be in the governor's budget uh, come uh, come winter time, uh, and it was also time to share uh, publicly and amongst the regents uh, this really uh, unique opportunity for the state of Kansas. So it was uh, getting partners on board, uh, but it was certainly not uh, any approval that would allow us to to move ahead. But it was really uh, to generate enthusiasm and partnership with the board of regents. Dr. Menz, did the did the enthusiasm 
really start last week or there, there kind of been an underlying talk about this going on for some time. Can you talk about just did it, did it explode for everyone last week? Well, I think many people, particularly at the school, knew we had been in discussions with WSU and there was preliminary plans being considered. But I think approval from the Board of Regents really got people's attention and realized it's not just talk now. It's uh, when the Board of Regents says you can proceed, um, they, I think they now realize this is a real potential for occurring. We don't know when, but I think it did get quite a bit of attention. It was in various papers and I think the media got interested. And, and once the media gets excited, there's no telling where it goes from here. Uh, right. it, it, it's an interesting project, though, uh, Kirk. It's a project that has met with enthusiasm at every level it's been presented. Um, now, it's not been presented throughout, and we don't have full legislative discussion or discussion with the governor, but, but everybody who's been aware of this project has been excited about it. And that's really kind of unique in, in this partnership between the three entities. And um, if you think uh, WSU, WSU Tech, and the University of Kansas, which also which includes both the School of Medicine in Wichita, but also the School of Pharmacy, which is based in Lawrence, you've got now four or five different organizations involved. In, in at least in my time here, and Gerald has been in, at the university much longer, uh, this is a unique, this is unique in the, in the history of the universities. That's one question that I wanted to ask you both was, uh, what has changed in terms of cooperation and collaboration over the years? Was, was something like this, a partnership, even possible to, to talk about and to envision a few decades ago? And I don't, Gerald, do you want to start with that? Yeah, Gerald, share, the, share the, the sort of the birth story of Wichita. That, that's a good one. Well, when the campus, the medical school decided to have a campus here in Wichita in the early 70s, um, there was discussions with WSU about how we could use their resources and what all. And so I obviously wasn't the dean at that time or even on faculty, but as I understand it, there was a handshake agreement and actual formal agreement between WSU and KU. And the campus originally was called the WSU branch of KU Medical School. And that's what the letterhead said. Um, and we, our first building was on WSU can, uh, campus. Um, we were in a small bungalow that the, they owned and then they moved across the street and they built what's now the Health Professions Building on the WSU campus. And that was uh, being considered as also a place for the medical school. But then uh, for reasons I'm not aware of, um, KU decided to move off campus and drop that letterhead and just become the School of Medicine, KU School of Medicine uniquely. So if you would go way back, there was discussions very similar to this, um, but for various reasons that I was, I'm not aware of, um, they eventually decided to just uh, drop those discussions and move on in their separate ways. And we've been friendly and we've cooperate with each other. I've taught at WSU, a number of our faculty have taught WSU classes. But this is the first time I'm aware of where we really talked about bringing our resources together and, and going out and trying to do something that had both of our names on it. Take us behind the scenes and, and Rob, I'll start with you and then Gerald, you can jump in. Take us behind the scenes on how that first conversation happened. Uh, who, who was in on it and who made the first call? 
Yeah, it was actually um, discussions that uh, came out of uh, um, discussions with uh, the now President Muma and the former President Golden uh, with uh, uh, Chancellor Gerard and myself about possibilities of trying to do something together. Uh, Kirk, you, you need to um, remember that uh, that the infrastructure for the School of Medicine across our three campuses has been bolstered by development of the health education building in Kansas City in the 2016-2017 timeframe and the new uh, health education center in Salina more recently. Uh, while the Wichita campus was rebuilt, um, Gerald, I, I believe in 2010 timeframe, yeah, that's when we had the additional building. The additional uh, space. It's still uh, lagged behind the Salina and Kansas City campus. And so uh, it was really important for us to continually be thinking, along with our advisors and supporters in Wichita, about how we could upgrade the campus in Wichita to make it attractive to students, faculty, and staff to continue to support um, Southeast Kansas uh, with physicians. So it had always been on our mind of what it might take uh, to upgrade the facilities. And I think uh, for President, then President Golden and now President Muma, the idea of getting uh, uh, their uh, health professions uh, campuses together was also, uh, was also important. So the conversation started with then President Gould, Golden and moved on. Uh, President Muma has uh, embraced it from the very beginning of his presidency and that has uh, led to conversations. And I think, um, it, it's become clear that that this idea is very interesting to 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 the community and to and to the state and and as such uh, gives us opportunities that we would not likely have on our own. Um, were these conversations just not even thought of in in earlier decades? Let's say 20, 30 years yeah. ago. Or Harold, I, I'll defer to you on that. I don't recall any conversations like this. Um, Again, I think the leadership at WSU had changed their um, feelings about collaborating closer with KU, certainly Dr. Golden. Was, and Dr. Muma, as you know, was a physician assistant early in his career and actually ran the physician assistant program. And uh, he had reached out back in those days for some of our faculty, including myself, to be part of his faculty. And he had always mentioned it's unfortunate that we're separated by a couple miles and it makes it hard to do any collaborative activities between the two. So I think this has been in the back of his mind for a long time. And President Muma will, will tell you that having trained at the Texas Medical Center, where disparate um, universities and hospitals are co-located uh, to the benefit of each, really has stuck in his mind or, over his career. And as we started to look at the health education, built, health education building development in Kansas City, we visited some of those centers and now they have as well, including centers in Arizona um, and there's centers in Portland and others that have multiple universities under one roof co-located co in some shape or form. And, and, and this is being done across the country and it really reflects uh, President Muma's uh, background at the at Texas Medical Center. Dr. Menz, can you talk about your current building now and in, in, in the factor that plays and just the, the age of the building and it, you've been in there for 40 years and and why this works for you now to think about something bigger and better. Well, I want to emphasize the current building we have is fulfilling the need for our current students. There's nothing that's deficient in this building. They're getting all the 
education they need and the experiences they need out of this building. And the building is conveniently located between our two major healthcare systems where our students do a lot of their training. So this building has served us very well. We've, we've spent a lot of money keeping the building up. We think it's a pleasant building to be in. But we've, we've acknowledged for a number of years that we're constrained by space. If we want to do any major expansion, we just don't have space to do it. If at some time in the future, the medical school decide they want to add additional students to the class, we're not able to accommodate any additional students without additional facilities. So we had been kicking in the ideas around about, well, where would we put additional space facilities if we had the money or wanted to really do it for a number of years, but nothing ever came to all of those discussions. So I would say this is an opportunity that if the medical school does want to expand the class on this campus, that we can incorporate that into this new building. It, it also provides opportunities that have been limited by the distance for multi and interdisciplinary um, activities with the different schools. Uh, clearly now the focus for health education is to develop tr uh, um, group training earlier in time rather than later. So this brings all the health professions together uh, with the School of Medicine and School of Pharmacy. Um, I, I, I do, I, I think it should be stated that the school has had a really strong commitment to the, to the community in which it resides. And we are going to have to work together um, as, a, as an institution and as a community to continue to serve the needs of that community. Gerald, do you want to make any comments? You've been so um, diligent about that in the past. Well, we think this, uh, our activities here, our educational program and the community have integrated very well. We're, we have no apprehension about being where we're at. Um, that we don't just, even if we move to another site, which is likely where the building to be, the new building won't be here. There's just no space. But we want to maintain that closeness with this community and do whatever we can to make sure this, there's some activity in this building that serves the community. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've, you've talked about downtown and a downtown corridor that's very important to this project. This may be a, a, a silly question, but why downtown? There are uh, plenty of other spaces in town where you could look at locating, but talk about why the downtown area is so important. I, I, think, um, I think that is uh, several reasons, but notably trying to, uh, to surf on the wave of, of enthusiasm amongst partners um, because uh, downtown economic development is vital to the to the, to the continuity and the growth of Wichita. And so while it could be done elsewhere, uh, we are looking for partners to provide land and opportunity. And our partners who are most enthusiastic, the city and the county see downtown as the most important to, uh, to the future of Wichita. And we're excited to be part of that future of Wichita. Um, the, there are opportunities uh, downtown that might be provided for student housing. Uh, and convenience for students that would make uh, it easy. And as, as Gerald says, it may be less central to both our partners. It's certainly within the, within the, between, in the range of our partners to provide opportunities for our students. So it's really building on the enthusiasm of what's right for Wichita in this, in this situation. Uh, can you tell me the process, you know, not everyone is familiar with the med school and how it works. 
Can you talk a little bit about how much time a student spends in Wichita versus Kansas City and how that path works and would it change much with a, with a new facility? So we have 28 students that come to this campus as freshmen after they're admitted by the school by a unified admissions committee. There's no separate admissions to this campus or the other campuses. Um, they, we also have about 45 students that start their first two years in Kansas City. And after two years of classroom training, they move here to do their clinical experiences. You might ask, well, why don't we just put them all here at once? Because again, we don't have the space facilities that take uh, 70 some students as freshmen. Um, so the first two years are largely classroom with a little bit of clinical activity at the hospitals or clinics, but it's 90% classroom based here at the school. And then in the third and fourth years, they spend almost all their time out in the hospitals or clinics in town, or other facilities, healthcare facilities, learning how to we deliver healthcare at the patient's bedside or in the office. So the first two years are pretty much theoretical, um, science-based, and the last two years, we, the, the students really get to see how medicine is practiced by active physicians, faculty who see patients every day. Would a new facility just increase the number of students you're able to accommodate? Or so how, Yeah, so the, the challenges with growth uh, is, re, is really a complicated situation. It's complicated, um, as Gerald said, creating space opportunities that would enable opportunities to grow in Wichita will certainly be part of this project. But ultimately, the determination of growth is simply not a matter of, uh, simply not a matter of space in the first two years. Um, we have one school of medicine. We have three campuses and one curriculum. Everything we do on one campus has a reflex to the other campus. And the most important thing to schools of medicine across the country now are maintaining full and adequate um, clinical exposure for the third and fourth years. And right now, this is an important uh, factor going on uh, to, to uh, make sure that we have continued full access to our, our opportunities in Wichita and Salina, and ultimately in Kansas City, which get impacted as we start to move students between campuses. In addition, we have accreditation standards that must be ma maintained and accrediting, accrediting bodies have the final say on growth. So this is an enabling step to growth. It is not sufficient by itself for growth, uh, but it, it, it is a, uh, an opportunity that will uh, pre present itself if, if, if completed. So I know that's a complicated answer, but it's a complicated uh, question. So may, may I add just to that, make it maybe a little less complicated. I mentioned we needed more space if we were to take additional students, but we also need more faculty. Right. So the faculty involvement in the first two years is pretty active. We have faculty sitting in with small groups to teach and it's, it's more, our current curriculum is more faculty intensive than our previous curriculum. Kirk, uh, for, for a number of years, um, students in Wichita and Salina were uh, fairly passively uh, watching lectures that were being prevented, presented in Kansas City. But with our new curriculum that was uh, started in 2017, that changed and, and Dr. Menz and his team in Wichita took on a very much more active teaching uh, involvement. Our students get a lot of FaceTime, face-to-face -face with faculty, 
and 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 patients and and simulated patients in those first few years. And it's to Dr. Min's credit that that was really done seamlessly in Wichita, uh, which combined with its uh, really outstanding clinical exposure. Kirk, it's 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 obvious to everybody that our students get outstanding clinical exposure in Wichita. And if you speak to a Wichita graduate, they will point out that they felt a valued part of the clinical team starting in the third year. That's not the case for all medical students in the country. Gerald, would you would you agree? Oh, yes, absolutely. And our students, when they come back from their residency, say that they really felt fortunate that they had the additional clinical experience compared to many other peers in the residency program. Kirk, we had we had um, some notable, uh, I think, uh, celebrations in the last few years. Number one, um, you know, it was a Wichita uh, Medical School graduate who developed the COVID vaccine, Dr. Barney Graham, a friend of a friend of Gerald, and and that um, you know shows you the potency of the campus. It can not only provide primary care doctors in Southeast Kansas, but it can it can contribute to the world in ways which we would have never imagined. And then in the last two years, um, graduates from the School of Medicine in Wichita have started in the in the med internal medicine program at the Mass General Hospital in Boston, arguably one of the most prestigious residency programs in the country. Now, Gerald, why did these two individuals get selected to the Mass General? Uh, I think they're credentials, their portfolio, they had excellent letters here. And I think I think even in Massachusetts, people have heard about our experiences here. And I'm I bet they're the most hands-on successful members of that class. Now I don't know that to be sure, but I, I sort of lived that life many years ago. And I bet you they're leaders in that class, Carol. And Dr. Graham was back on campus um, a year or so ago and he actually mentioned he and his wife did their last two years here in Wichita in the late 70s. And he complimented the experience he'd had back there. And he thought that here in Wichita was fundamental to his success where, he is, where he's been in his career. I know that when we've done Healthcare Hero uh, Awards and programs and, and best doctors, that doctors who have come through KU Med in Wichita have continually said how great the experience was and they wouldn't change it for anything. I, I want to ask more about downtown. Uh, you know, we had a panel discussion last week in, that included city manager Bob Layton, who was talking about downtown development. And he called this project a game changer. And I think, Gerald, you may even have used this, that term, but in more of a KU Med mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. frame of mind. Uh, when you look at this project in a city perspective, do you think it's a game changer for the city, the, the amount of people and faculty and students you're gonna be able to bring downtown? I do, you know, uh, unfortunately, like other major urban areas, our downtown has had some hard times over the last 20, 30 years. And I think this school, if it's, once the building's done, that will bring 3000 additional students to the downtown area. They will be having lunch downtown. They will probably be living close to the, the school. Um, I think that will lift up a lot of the activities that are downtown now and make downtown a more inviting area for everybody in the city and the state. And, and some might say that the success of 
of the Wichita downtown community is really the success of the state. That's 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 very true. Uh, you know, the regent's approval last week gave you permission to look for an architect. What goes into that decision? We are a business podcast. So I wanted to ask about architects and, and how you go about selecting. And I know that in Wichita, we have HFG, which is a very well thought of uh, healthcare architectural firm. What goes into selecting an architect for this project? So um, the the opportunity uh, will follow all, you know, state Board of Regents guidelines for, for, for identifying uh, partners. Um, and I think that uh, that selection process, even that selection process has unique features because typically when we're building a building at the university, uh, the university would have the third vote amongst the parties for the, for, uh, at the state to do this. Uh, but now that third vote is shared by two parties. So we're gonna have to figure out amongst um, ourselves working together with colleagues in which, at Wichita State, how we are going to be one voice in some of these decision-making processes. And while there are challenges in, in the design and planning of the building, there's also challenges in how we design and build that partnership. And that's, that's an important part that's still ongoing that we're, we're gonna, now that we have approval, we're gonna need to work together. Um, but Kirk, we'll follow uh, state processes uh, in this regard. Um, typically, um, you know, we would try to do a design build where we don't have to stage this with completing our design and then finding another builder, but we'll work with, we, we have outstanding teams on both our campuses and both our universities to do this. But, um, and typically these are often done with partnerships with an internal, someone local and someone national. Um, but we've, we've seen this done a number of different ways, but so I, I think stay tuned and we will be following all the state guidelines and all the state regulations um, that are in front of us. Let's talk more about the financial part of this project. Of course, $302 million is a, is a large price tag. Uh, how does funding go about? How do you tackle that challenge? Yeah, that, it's, a, it's a really good question. So this is a relatively unique time in the history of the state of Kansas in terms of not only having some ARPA money still available through Sparks, uh, but having um, uh, 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 a reasonable coffer uh, at the state level to, to provide funding. Uh, the chancellor and, and President Muma have been pretty clear that we're going we're gonna to need uh, um, full funding for this uh, from, from external sources. It's not like we have a war chest waiting to, to, build, to build these, uh, these structures. So the request was made to the was part of the Board of Regents for uh, $10 million to each campus uh, to, support, uh, to, to support bonding uh, for, the building, for the building or buildings. Um, there will be further discussion about where that debt might lie and it would be perhaps in the, in the university shared interest to get the debt to lie at the state level, but obviously there's lots of discussions to go uh, there. And then obviously we are gonna need the the philanthropic community in Wichita to help us with those things that the state can't or won't do for us. And so uh, we're gonna be uh, needing to do that in combination with uh, Wichita State and individually there. So I, I think that that sort of sets it up and it's it's one of those things, Kirk, that um, that the enthusiasm is, is gonna have to go a long way here to get us to where we wanna go. <laughs> 
I, I know that, Gerald, you talked in, in the past week about how a timeline, it's hard to put a timeline on this because there are so many moving parts. Uh, but in your, in your mind's eye, when would you love to be able to open the doors to a downtown facility? Well, I don't think we'll, there's any chance of even kicking this off until the legislature adjourns the next session. And we know how they feel about this. And obviously, we have elections coming up, and that could also have some effect on the state's interest in this. Um, I think it's going to take a while to raise money. Now, you mentioned selecting the architect. Architects like to be paid. So I don't know that we can even select one until we have some resources to offer them. So we, we, I, I we suspect did. my most optimistic is maybe late next year we could get picking an architect and what all, assuming the funds come through. There, we, we did get some state fund. We did get some ARPA funds through the state. And the question there, Kirk, that we are investigating is whether the funds can be used at risk or not, whether if we started working together with an architect and paying the architect with those significant funds, $25 million of funding, um, and the rest of the funding didn't come through, would the federal government see, see that as an appropriate use of those funds? So that's the, the, there's really that question, there's the organizational question that we're really working on now. So the other piece is, I don't know when we're gonna start, so right. you have to click that off. Um, in my preliminary discussions with architects about not this building, but similar size buildings, they tell me it's from the day you break ground to occupy, it's going to be at least two, two and a half years. And if and the money has, to, if the ARPA money has to be spent as we expect, I think that's the end of 26. So um, we would need to have it all spent by then. And then Kirk, you have to, have to put in the equation, the supply chain problems. Oh, really... <laughs> so I think realistically, this is gonna be 25, 26, 27, before anything could be occupied. I hope I'm wrong, hope things come faster, but I think that's more realistic based on all the headwinds we have. Well, I know that Wichita's will be following this closely, not only as you choose an architect, but choose a site downtown. That'll be very interesting to see what goes on there. I appreciate your time today. Rob Samari from, from KU Med and Dr. Menz from KU Medicine in Wichita. Thanks so much and, and good luck as, as you move forward. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having us. My thanks to the two doctors from KU Med and we look forward to having Dr. Richard Muma from Wichita State University, the president who has a lot to do with this collaboration on a future podcast. But for now, that's it for episode 277 check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy Hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.